Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Big Blue Insider is on. News Radio 630 WLAP and the iHeartRadio app. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Or you can tweet us at BigBlueInsider1. Now, here's Dick Gabriel. Welcome to the Big Blue Insider on an absolutely gorgeous Thursday. And I would say let's play the football game right now. But I got to think that the weather that is on the way for Saturday night, which is, according to Chris Bailey now, you know, the, the, the back end of the hurricane you know, winds and one to three inches of rain at some point Saturday night. That would help the Wildcats. So, you know, as we saw last year, maybe, maybe you want a monsoon on a game where the other guys want to fill the air with footballs and you want to fill the air with wind and rain. So we'll see, you know. Unless things blow over, it's going to happen. And, yes, I will be packing the rain suit once again. Uh, welcome in. We're going to talk a lot of football tonight. John Clay will join us from the Herald-Leader. We're also going to hear very shortly from Mark Stoops, who spoke to the media today, and Aaron was on the Zoom call for that. We've got a really fun audio clip from a How Mummy game where Tim Couch threw a phenomenal touchdown pass to Craig Yeast. We're also going to talk a little basketball via email. This is a little unusual, but a longtime friend of mine, Jamie Vaught, who is a sports writer. He's also a teacher and, uh, like me, wrote for the Kentucky Colonel. Uh, Jamie is extremely hard of hearing, uh, for the most part deaf, but that has not stopped him from covering Kentucky basketball and writing about it. And he has another book out called Chasing the Cats. And it's just a collection, a compilation of some of his favorite stories about some of his favorite people in and around Kentucky basketball. And what's fun about it is it's not just the big-name players. There are stories about those people, but it's, it's also some names that you might not think would pop up in a book about U.K. basketball. So what I did was I sent questions to Jamie via email, and he sent back his answers via email. So I'll read them to you. Uh, a little bit later on, it'll come up in hour number two. But uh, you'll find out more about that book. But it's fun. And like I said, it's, it's a real interesting read, and I urge you to try to pick it up. Uh, Aaron, as I mentioned, was on the Zoom call, but safely ensconced in his apartment. Although you were there in the press box uh, last week, Aaron, and you'll be there this Saturday night. And you, you touched on this the other night, but how odd was that? That place, usually there are people standing in the aisles, literally, in the press box. So many people want to be up there during games. And it was it was like a ghost town, wasn't it? Yeah, in comparison it was. Uh, I mean, I believe it was like, I want to say, usually you, you, the seat, they have the seat numbers, so you know exactly you know, you know what seat you're in, but it also tells you how many numbers. And I've seen that press box get up to 126, I want to say, was the 
Tennessee game last year. That was the most packed I've ever seen it, which makes sense given the proximity. I believe it was about 40 this year. Uh, so, I mean, that's obviously drastic. And um, it was different. I mean, plexiglass uh, in between each workstation. Uh, every workstation was like the size of two, which was kind of nice. I'm not going to lie about the size of it. But um, uh, definitely was different. But you know what? I, I was telling everyone that asked me, like, how's it to be back? How's it, do- how's it going? Uh, this is the most normal feeling I might have had in the last seven months. So I'll take it any day of the week. And I'm excited to be back there Saturday night. You're going to get a lot of media people from Knoxville. That's a big market. Uh, it's not the biggest market in the. It's been you know in terms of television in the SEC. That of course is Nashville. You don't count Atlanta, uh, but you probably could because of of the Georgia Bulldogs. But you know of course you've got Georgia Tech there as well. But when you get the bigger cities involved, you'll get more media people. Although Vandy is a little bit of an oddball because you're not going to get a ton of media people following the Commodores. Uh, if they were a bit more successful, of course you would. But you know how football is in Knoxville, so you're going to get a lot of TV, radio, newspaper, you know, bloggers and all that uh, in both directions. When the game's in Knoxville uh, next week, you'll see as many people from the Kentucky side of the border as it will be allowed. But that's a good-sized press box, and it's going to be weird to not see many people there. Uh, Billy, you were in the press box. Did you say that was your first trip to, uh, to Kroger Field? It it was for the press box. Yeah, um, yeah. I was actually seat forty two of forty two up there, so oh, wow. Aaron was close. <laughs> um, and you know, it was a nice change of pace since the Western Kentucky one is open air. So if it's cold up there, it, you're going to be cold. So it's it was nice and heated for us up there. Never knew that about the Western Kentucky. I'd never had the privilege of covering a game uh, at Western Kentucky. Did not know you talk in a, in a school that's basically comparatively speaking in the north. I know it's you know right there on the border, but wow, open air! I've it's, been near um, baseball stadiums, but it, it's garage door shutters, and so when it, 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 you can close it, but you know that's not sealed. So if the temperature's cold, you're going to feel it up there. But yeah. they, they'll open it up for uh, some of nice days, and it'll feel good. I mentioned uh, that Tennessee comes up next week, and I'm not skipping over Mississippi State, but there was an interesting piece on uh, SaturdayDownSouth.com as T. Martin who is on the staff at Tennessee, did a radio interview. He's the associate head coach. Keep in mind now, T. Martin is a former U.K. assistant. He worked here under Joker Phillips, but now is back at his alma mater, the school that he led to a national championship. Interesting quote from T. talking about Tennessee, and we we on this program have refused to buy in so far on Tennessee. But, of course, Tennessee's handled Kentucky of late. But what he said, interestingly, was one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons for success, and you can apply this in a lot of places, a lot of different schools, Kentucky's one of them, was familiarity, was continuity. He said coordinators on offense and defense for the second year in a row, familiarity familiarity with guys on both sides of the ball has really helped. He said, we've been in some close games. And he said, this time last year, I don't know if we win those games. So it speaks to the maturity and growth in the program on both sides of the ball. Um, remember, Tennessee was up two touchdowns, surrendered the lead, then came back to beat South Carolina, then had a bit of a breather against Missouri. So that's something to think about, guys, when 
And then you look at some, and I realize this year they're struggling, but you look at the success under Mark Stoops, and he's had some coaches come and go, but for the most part, uh, you know, continuity, uh, Brad White is in his second year as D coordinator, but he was on the defensive staff the year prior, and he finally has settled into what he likes to do on offense. So, Aaron, that's, I think that speaks uh, a lot to the success Kentucky's had. Yeah, no doubt. It absolutely does. And building continuity and building long-term and consistent success is something this program is very close to doing. We obviously, the last two years, I think, you know, you have the two. It was the first year, actually, last year was the first year uh, in the Stoops era, Kentucky did not either improve or stay at the same win total. But you can kind of, I mean, you don't want to blame or uh, come up with an excuse. But at the same time, you didn't really have a quarterback for two games and they were both winnable games, you lose them both. So you easily could have been at 10 wins with a healthy quarterback, but that's in the Bucks, and they ended up making a great season out of last year. So I think this has been a very disappointing, and it's kind of been a surprise the way they've lost. I mean, if you were to tell me they'd go 0-2, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, I probably would have laughed because I didn't think Ole Miss would be this good. 1-1, one one, I probably would have said, yeah, good chance, even though I like the Auburn upset. Um, but I really think it's been – kind of just mental errors, and if they can, and we'll hear a quote from Stu later that I think is really interesting on maybe why they're less disciplined than they have been, but I really think it's been a lack of discipline. Um, It's kind of been, you know, the time away from the game has kind of showed the rust of the defense, especially. We've seen a lot of points scored more in the college game than the NFL. Not much defense, and I think that's hurt, and you know, it's been a lot of different things, but they still have eight games in front of them and a huge opportunity against the team that beat. I mean, I know what happened against Arkansas, but they beat the defending champions two yeah. weeks ago. So, still have plenty of time to turn this into a special year. Yeah, and a lot of video to study, and you know the Kentucky coaches have been doing just that. Uh, switching over to some COVID news, Les Miles tested positive. He is the Kansas coach now. They're not getting it done. He's 0-3 right now at Kansas, and they're off this week but play West Virginia on October the 17th. He's going to be coaching from afar. He's going to do remote coaching, but, uh, man, that's tough now when your program, when you're the, the head of your program, is going to be out. The, remember now, Kansas suspended voluntary workouts because of COVID and issued a 14-day self-quarantine requirement for all football players and staff members back in July. They had 12 players testing positive, so they've got to get a handle on that out there. In the NFL, Cam Newton, day five of his stint on the COVID-19 reserve list, and they still don't know, Billy, if he's going to play against the Denver Broncos uh, definitely a different team without Cam Newton behind center, aren't they? Oh, 100%. Brian Hoyer is uh. not anything close to what Cam Newton was. And that kind of goes back to this offseason and how no teams gave Cam Newton a chance. I can go through five, six, seven teams right now that would love to have yeah. Cam Newton on their roster right now. And also, we're kind of in a strange place here because um, I I heard Jim Nance and Tony Romo talking about this Monday night. You know, if Cam does get two double negative tests – before Sunday, and if he is asymptomatic, are they going to let him play? You know, what is the procedure with all this? I think of a lot of it we don't know yet. And, you know, just optics-wise, if Cam Newton is thrown back onto the field not even two weeks after his diagnosis, you know, 
where's the risks there? Is this the right thing? Are we doing the right thing? Even after Stephon Gilmore just tested positive. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the Titans may not get to play against the Bills. They are still in trouble with COVID. Uh, some of the members of the Titans reportedly had a private workout while the team was supposed to be on lockdown. And there are some people calling for the Titans to forfeit their way. We talked about this last night, to forfeit and give the yep. Bills a win. But here's a problem, Aaron. If that game doesn't happen, neither team gets paid. The Titans don't get paid. And you could say, well, of course, they're the idiots who uh, put themselves at risk. But now the Bills don't get paid. And that is part of the league's revised COVID-19 terms. So there's not a whole lot the players can do about it. Yeah, and there's photo evidence, by the way, of what the Titans did. It's really disgraceful, especially when all 31 teams have seemingly done the right thing, and then you have one like that. So really upsetting, and that would be – I didn't even realize that. So I was i was all for the forfeit, and also you can make the argument for the Steelers who are getting their schedule all messed up. They, yeah. now, they won't have a bye week the rest of the way uh, and have to play Baltimore a week earlier. It's just – then – how is it fair to the Steelers last week? It, it, I, I guess you can't – the forfeit just now doesn't seem like a great idea, but how do you schedule that game? It's going to be a nightmare, but, you know, this is – unfortunately, it's preventable. That's that's the, that's what thinks about it. If it were an outbreak, it got in, okay, but it, it was this is preventable. Yep, that's what – you're right. You're absolutely right. That's what's nuts about it. Also, Baylor has suspended all football-related activities – to allow for further evaluation of recent positive tests and completion of contact tracing. Well, you kind of knew this stuff was going to happen, but uh, like Aaron said, it, it's really, really frustrating because a lot of it is preventable. When we come back, we'll hear from Mark Stoops, and we'll hear, as I said, uh, we'll take you back to a Kentucky win over Mississippi State. We just talked to Tim Couch about that game earlier this week, and you'll hear a clip from that, and it's a good one. On the other side of the break, here on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. Deep into his bottomless bag of tricks. Blue. Right. 92. PCPF wheel. State showing blitz to Couch's left. And here they come. Kentucky picks it up. Couch rolling right. Throws as he is hit for the end zone. How Mummy mic'd up, and you heard the great Harry Callis uh, at the beginning of that. How Mummy and Couch reaching into his bag of tricks, and Tom Leach channeling Jack Buck. That was a great moment in a great football game. Welcome back. Uh, Mark Stoops looking for plays like that, Aaron, hoping for plays like that when the Wildcats take on the Bulldogs. Yeah, and before we get into that, Paul Feinbaum, I don't know if you guys saw, made uh, some kind of – said that the Kentucky fans should already be preparing for basketball season. So, of course, John Huang, Huang got a stupid reaction to that. Well, that's, that's our fault for giving Paul the opportunity to talk about that. You know, again, that's his, that's his job, isn't it, to, uh, to uh, you know, 
say whatever the heck he wants. <laughs> so that's up to him. I can't control that. You know, all I need to do is continue to control what we can control, go win a football game, go on a good run and do the best we can. And uh, just like years past, you know, uh, we string some wins together and start doing some good things. I'm sure my phone will be ringing and asking me to be back on the show. So uh, that doesn't surprise me. You know, it is what it is. Uh, when you're down, people are going to try to kick you, and when you're when you're winning, they're going to ask you to be on their show. And I absolutely love that quote there. He ain't wrong Dude. either. No, he ain't wrong at all. He was on all the time in 2018. So was oh, all yeah. Yeah, Feinbaum anyway. invented Kentucky football back then, didn't he? Uh, he'd probably take credit for it. But um, uh, finally, we talked in the first segment about the discipline issues. Well, Stoops kind of went in depth and kind of went off what Landon Young was talking about earlier in the week about just the lack of, you know, gathering and all that playing a role in it. Well, you're right. It, it is it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, Landon's probably reiterating the emphasis that I made on Monday as part of my team meeting um, was that we aren't able to do that. We usually have sessions and things where – we break bread with uh, different members of our team, different position groups, and, and uh, force them to spend time with each other. And then they say a few words and talk about each other and just get to know people that they don't normally get. That's just one phase of things that we've done. And, and you know the work that we've done in the summer as far as having picnics and cooking on the grill and spending time together. But it is what it is. I think it's a big part of our success. Uh, the past couple years of being uh, extremely unified in, in a very unselfish team. Um, and then this year, I'm not blaming it on that or giving it an excuse. Um, but, but for some reason, we, we have been, um, you know, not as disciplined as we've been before. Again, and we're not far off. Don't make it a headline. Our team has uh, played two games where we had every opportunity to win the game. And I appreciate the, the players' efforts to put ourselves in a position to win those games. We've just got to do a better job as a group, starting with me to, to find the plays and, and certain yards and everything. So we've done a lot of good things, but there are things we can improve on, and that's one of them. And uh, I think Landon was reiterating the point that I was making on Monday in the team meeting is that without all of this that we normally do, uh, we still have to stress that and make it a point of emphasis and make sure uh, that we are as unified as we have been in the past. And uh, we have great kids here uh, that care about each other, but, um, but we can't get isolated um, just because of this pandemic. You know, we have to do what we can um, to still be as unified as we normally are. And, again, I've mentioned it probably four or five times. Mark Stoops, more to come from the U.K. coach a little bit later on. John Clay's next on 630 WLAP. You're listening to Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. if we'll get thunder but we're going to get rain saturday if it comes in time it just might help the wildcats as it did last year one of the things we'll discuss with my next guest lurking on our celebrity hotline mr john clay the herald leader how are you sir 
I'm good, Dick. How are you? We're well, thank you. And you were there last year for the rain games, and I think you'll agree that it certainly helped the Wildcats, kind of helped even the playing field a little bit because Kentucky really wasn't that good at throwing the football, and it hindered the other guys whenever it happened. Uh, this has got to be, if indeed, John, they play in a monsoon Saturday, clearly it'll be a big help for the Wildcats, right? Yeah, because you, you think ordinarily that uh, the rain, uh, the wet ball helps the team that runs the ball, and the Central State doesn't run the ball a whole lot, obviously, with Mike Leach and the air raid offense. So, yeah, you would think that uh, Kentucky would have have an advantage. And, and I think, like you mentioned, the fact that they played in so many rain games last year, they should be used to it. Mark Stoops was asked about it today, just a little while ago, on his Zoom after the press conference, and he said, yeah, we do have some experience, but, you know, both teams have to play it, and he didn't think it would make that much difference. But uh, I think, the, like you said, having some experience can't hurt them. Yeah, no question. Uh, of course, everybody around here is is shocked at the 0-2 start. And I forgive me, I don't know if you picked Kentucky. I don't recall if you picked them over Auburn. I'm certain you didn't pick no, Kentucky I to didn't. drop its first two games. Uh, and no. is it – Simple enough, as, as simple as saying, you know, the secondary stinks or they're not turning them over, or it's obviously a combination of things, but uh, I, I got to think it's a little more complicated than that. Yeah, I think it's a, com- I think it's a combination of things, and I think uh, when you're playing a 10-game SEC schedule, I mean, you're not really playing, you know, any bad teams. That, that doesn't mean that you know, I thought Kentucky would be better than Ole Miss. I think Kentucky's better than Vandy and Missouri and those teams. But still, you got to play. You got to play well to beat them. You know, they. I think the turnover factor is big right now. Kentucky hasn't forced a turnover in their first two games. I think that's big. They need. You know, it's funny because, you know, leading into the uh, leading into the uh, season, I asked uh, uh, Brad White about the UK's defensive coordinator about. You know. You know, had a really good defense in 2018, and last year there were questions because you lost some key players. But by the end of the year, you ended up, you know, in the top 20 in, in uh, total defense and scoring defense. Is there a pride factor that carries over? You know, we want to keep that going. And he said there's a pride element to it, but they have to, you know, players have to realize that every year is different. And just because you did it last year, just because you look good on paper, you know, you still have to do it again. And he said. He thought the key for this year for the defense would be they need to limit the big plays like they did last year, but they also need to make more plays. And he said the other day when we talked to him at the Ole Miss game that that is a big component. They're not making the big plays that he's looking for. They're not turning people over. They're not getting the key stops when they need to get the key stops. And primarily he's talking about the Ole Miss game. I didn't think the defense played all that bad at Auburn. They had short fields, which Brad said that's not an excuse, but obviously the turnovers put the defense in a bad position. Right. But in the Ole Miss game, especially in the second half, Kentucky got up 28-14. They just could not make the plays to get the stops that they needed to make. John, I think one of the main storylines that we were looking towards as the season started was the health of Terry Wilson. And while he's had two pretty good games, I'm a little concerned since he led the team in carries with 22 in the last game versus Ole Miss. Do you expect that to continue, or do you think they'll uh, they'll try to maybe spread it around more and get him to throw the ball? Well, yeah, I hope it, I hope it doesn't continue because I don't think they want it. I think they want him to run the ball, but I don't think they want him to run it that much as you mentioned. Now, they did, as Eddie Grand talked about this week, they used some things with Terry this week that they used last year with Lynn Bowden on some of the plays 
that they didn't use in the first game that they used with Terry that they had used last year with Lynn. They did in the second game, and they thought Terry did well in it. And I do think they want Terry to run the ball because, you know, that's another threat and so forth. But, yeah, I think 22 times is too much. I, I thought Terry had a great game at, against Ole Miss. I mean, he's 14 of 18. He had two drops. Um, they said you could even maybe say he had three drops and one ball was a catchable ball. But he could have very easily been 16 of 18. He had over 120 yards rushing. I mean, I, I think uh, uh, pro football focused their college uh, addition. They grade every game. I think they had him second highest grade of any quarterback in the nation last in last week. So I don't quite get this, you know, about the quarterback and how come we didn't see Joey Gatewood and that sort of thing. I don't think Terry will. I think Terry Wilson's far from their problem <laughs> problem right now. I think he's playing fine. John, sticking with the and we've seen a lot of good from Josh Ali at the receiver position and not so much from anybody else. Who do you think will right. emerge as that guy? And now now especially it seems like Isaiah Epps will not be an option. Uh, he's going right. to be out even longer. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, Josh Ali has done well, but they need somebody else to step up. Uh, you know, uh, Cleavon Thomas, I thought last year, he seemed to really have a connection with Lynn and uh, really came on the second half of the year, and he hasn't been able to duplicate that. I'm sure he's a guy, the first part of the year, he's a guy that they look to. Uh, they're hoping to get Bryce Oliver back. Uh, you know, he hasn't been able to play so far. They're hoping to get him back. Uh, we saw Alan Daly in the first game, and they really didn't see much of him in the second game. Uh, you know, and the other thing I think is, that, you know, Eddie keeps saying that they're trying to incorporate the tight end. I think he said uh, one of the games he had seven plays call for the tight end, but for whatever reason they didn't get the ball to the tight end. I still think that I think they've got some good tight ends. I think Rig is a good tight end. I think Keaton Upshaw could be a good tight end. He certainly has the physical tools to be a good tight end. But you're right. Right now the wide receiving core is Josh Ali and everybody else. Well, Akeem Hayes has, Akeem Hayes has made yeah. some catches, and he's done well. But I think a lot of that's, you know, he's done well because he hadn't done anything before this year. Uh, in fact, Eddie said the other day that Akeem was pretty close to being out, off the, out of the program. He wasn't taking care of what he was supposed to do academically and so forth, but he got his act together, and now he's contributing. But, uh, yeah, uh, right now Ali is head and shoulders above the rest of the receiving court. I thought the pass to uh, two of the best passes Terry has thrown this year uh, involved two of the better catches of the year, and that was the TD pass to Hayes at Auburn when he threw that dart uh, right. low, and it was only where only Hayes could catch it, and he made a terrific grab. And then that deep ball that he threw down the left sideline uh, to Hayes right. when they really needed a big play, John. Uh, I I thought that was uh, really impressive. But um, yeah, if Hayes doesn't take care of business, it doesn't matter what he does. Right. Right, and obviously, and you know, Demarcus Harris, they were really high on all camp. They talked about him all the time. He was having a really good camp, and yep. then he's had a couple of drops. Uh, I don't think they've lost confidence in him, but, uh, you know, he needs to translate what he's been doing in practice over to the field. If he could do that, that would certainly help because they've been high on him ever since he got here. Nobody in the league, uh, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but only four teams are 2-0 and right now in the SEC, John. Right. Does that surprise you? What do you make of that? Yeah, that surprises me a little bit. I mean, that gets, you know, it shows, you know, and uh, three of them are in the uh, East. Uh, Alabama's the only team 2 and 0 in the West. Uh, you know, because there have been a couple of surprising scores. Obviously, Arkansas beating Mississippi State after Mississippi State, um, well, Mississippi State beating LSU and Baton Rouge was a surprising score. Then Arkansas turns around 
and beats Mississippi State, you know, it just goes to show, I mean, especially I think in a 10-game season uh, of all SEC where you don't get a break, you don't get a breather, uh, you know, you're going to, I think there's going to be some upsets because team, it's hard, it's going to be hard for teams to get up and play, you know, uh, their best 10 weeks in a row or 10 games out of 11 weeks. You know, the Arkansas game, I went back and watched the Arkansas-Mississippi State game, and I think Mark Story wrote about this earlier in the week. You know, our, Arkansas was completely different the way they attacked yes. the uh, air raid. I mean, they, they rushed three and dropped eight, uh, where LSU pretty much played man-to-man. I, lo- I went back and looked it up, and LSU – in the LSU game, Mississippi State had 15 plays of 20 yards or more, and against Arkansas, they had only one play of 20 yards or more. So I think that's definitely a big key on Saturday. I think tackling is a big key. You know, we talked about the defense. You got it, and Brad White talked about this too. You know, you miss a tackle. You know, they may throw a six or seven yard pass. You miss a tackle that turns into a ten or fifteen yard gain or even yep. more. And Brad White was saying it may even be two yards, but there's a big difference between being second and six and second and four. So uh, that's a, I think that's going to be another key area Saturday is how well Kentucky tackles. John, on Wednesday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis lifted the attendance restrictions in the Sunshine State, and so the University of Florida, who made seventeen thousand seats available for their first game, could have quite a few more by the time <laughs> Kentucky comes plays them in the swamp. Do you think, well, the SEC has been adamant that they will allow schools to set their own attendance. Do you think as the season goes on, we'll see an increase in fans in the stands? I think a lot will depend upon the state. I mean, uh, it, you know, uh, our, Florida with Ron DeSantis, a Republican governor, he has been pretty, uh, pretty adamant about getting things reopened and getting things back up as quickly as he can, uh, despite how many, COVID cases they've had in the state where I think Andy Bashir, Kentucky's kind of taking the opposite approach. He's been more cautious. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. That's, you know, and who knows, you know, what the virus is going to be by the time, you know, November rolls around because you've got the flu, flu season added into that. I know every school would, you know, love to have more fans. Uh, you know, I was asking the players and I asked Mark Stoops today, any, any noticeable difference in the teams and the play on the field by just having the limited attendance? You know, is there still the same energy and so forth? And he said, he, you know, he's so wrapped up in the game, he doesn't really, you know, and with the headphones on about the crowd. But, uh, you know, you have to get, you have to get your uh, motivation elsewhere. The reason I asked the question, I heard on a show Larry Fitzgerald of the Cardinals talking about in the NFL games, he says it's harder to play now because you don't have that crowd there. You just don't have that intensity that you get from the crowd to pick you up after, you know, when the crowd's trying to pick you up or whatever. And uh, he said even for a veteran like himself, it's just a different game. And Mark did say today it is a different game. But, you know, I hope we get more attendance as the year goes on, but I don't think that's up to anybody but the virus at this point. John, back to this U.K. team this year. What are your expectations now going at, after this 0-2 start? There are some people already saying bring on basketball. Others are still cautiously optimistic. But with this brutal schedule and uh, the three games they got coming up here, what, what are you what are you thinking UK is going to end up doing? Well, I mean it's it's going to be tough. I mean you can't you can't. I mean there's only going to be so many opportunities. And obviously they missed, you know, you could say they missed out on opportunity at Auburn. Uh, it's a two-point game in the fourth quarter, and the next couple of possessions later it's a 16-point game. And Mississippi State is a game when you're playing at home and you got a, your favorite by a what it, touchdown or whatever it was. I mean, you think you should win. But I, I, you know, I don't think they're that far away. I mean, they've been in both games. 
you know, Mississippi, you know, Lane Kiffin is a good, whatever you think of Lane Kiffin, he's a good coach. Matt Corral really impressed me. They've got some weapons with Moore and Ely and some other guys. They, they're going to, if they can get their defense playing halfway decent, they're, you know, they got a chance of surprising some people. I think Kentucky will be, you know, I don't know what their record, I picked them six and four. Right now they look more like they're going to end up four and six. Uh, but, you know, who knows? I don't think they're – I agree with Mark. I don't think they're that far away. They just need to clean up some of the mistakes that they've been making at this point because, as Mark said, and I think everybody said this coming into the season, their margin for error in a 10-game SEC season is going to be pretty small. You just can't make the mistakes that they've been making in the first couple of weeks and expect to win in the SEC. And obviously, uh, John, the fact that they're all conference games means stiffer competition from day one, especially when you start on the road against Auburn. But more than anything, and, and this game upcoming is so dangerous for the same reason, I can't remember, John, them starting the season with three straight offenses coming at them who play that similar Hurry up, either no huddle, quick right. huddle, check with me, three-step drop, uh, slant crazy offense. That's hard for anybody to cover. Yeah, absolutely. And we were talking to Brad White the other day, and I think it might have been Jeff Drummond who asked the question about, you know, it seemed to him that there, the defensive linemen, uh, they're not rotating the defensive linemen in uh, like they have in you know, the previous years, especially the last couple of years when they had depth on the defensive line. And part of Brad's answer was, you know, we're playing teams that are playing at a high tempo and they don't let you sub. Yeah. You know, they're going so fast, it's hard to get subs in there. And uh, so, yeah, no, that, I think that's that's a very good point. Now, you would think that they would get better yeah. the longer they play, <laughs> the more up-tempo teams they play. You would think they would be better against it against the uh, Mississippi State this weekend than they were last weekend against uh, Ole Miss, and Ole Miss really ran a faster tempo than Auburn did. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a you know, there's been a variety of factors. I, you know, I may be completely wrong, but I think they're going to come out and play well Saturday. I think they're going to play better on defense. I think having some tape on Mississippi State will help them. Um, from um, uh, a couple of games of tape will help right. them. Where LSU didn't have that advantage, they were going back and look at the tape of Washington State, probably Texas Tech from Mike's days there. So I, I think they'll play. I think they'll play better on Saturday. John, before I let you go, I got to ask you about your Browns. Signs of <laughs> life, man. They dropped that first one, and now they look like a real team. Are you allowing yourself yeah. to be excited? <laughs> I am allowing myself to be excited. Uh, three and one since the first time since two thousand one. I just like their. Uh, I like their approach. I really like Stefanski. I like what he's doing. I really like the approach of running the ball and the play action off the run. I, uh, I feel as good about their, uh, the structure of the team and their coaching than I've felt in, a, felt in a long time. But as you mentioned, it is the Browns, so it could all go in the wrong direction <laughs> at the drop of a hat. But I'm, I'm allowing myself to get a little excited. We'll okay. see what happens. All right. Well, you've earned that. You've put up with enough suffering. So, yeah, <laughs> for your sake. Yeah, we're still behind your Packers, though. <laughs> yes, well, you know, we, we've got uh, we've got our hopes up again, but, you know, we've got some work to do. But thank you for that. John Clay is, of course, a sports columnist for the Arrow Later. John Clay 4, the Roman numeral 4, on uh, the interweb on Twitter. Thank you, sir, and I hope to see you Saturday with a mask on. Uh, with a mask and a raincoat. That's right. All right. Good deal. Thanks, John. And we're back in a few here on the Big Blue Insider, 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats, 630 WLAP. 
Coming up in our second hour, Billy makes his picks on the upcoming NFL games, and Aaron and I will chime in as well. Aaron, you were there when Mark Stoops made his comments about the rain. Yeah, he doesn't think, or at least he's not telling us that he thinks it's going to make uh, all that much of a difference despite the success they had last year. You know, I, I don't know. Each and every week and every situation is different. Um, you know, ball security is important, whether it's dry or whether it's wet. And, um, you know, we did uh, play well at times last year in the rain, but there was – I can remember a couple – games are certainly a half where we didn't um so uh you know it affects everybody so it is what it is um you know i certainly can't control what's going to happen with the weather and i'm quite certain nobody here on this uh on this uh conference call right now can 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 uh, change that as well so uh we just have to adapt to whatever situation comes and do the very best we can and uh we'll see where it goes well, he's right about that. He can't control the weather. And if he could, it would be a bigger story than the cats and the dogs playing on Saturday night. But, um, yeah, you know, and he's not going to say, oh, boy, yeah, I sure hope it rains. But, guys, I, I've got to think, if you're Mississippi State and you've seen the weather forecast, you know Leach is saying, look, fellas, we're going to go up there and play. There's nothing we can do about it, et cetera. But clearly it's an advantage for Kentucky. Am I right? Yeah, I, I would absolutely think so because of how bad, uh, for lack of better words, the secondary has looked the first two weeks, especially last week. But uh, I, I don't know Mike Leach and how he approaches the rain, but if I'm Kentucky, I at least got to prepare a little extra for Kylan Hill getting the ball on the ground. I mean, they do have an elite back. Yeah, I agree with that, Aaron. And John had a stat that kind of shocked me. I'm surprised I hadn't heard it or thought of it before that, in that Kentucky has not forced a turnover in these first two games. That has got to change this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a big tamale that's hanging out there. But here's the other thing to remember about Kylan Hill. In the big win over LSU, he carried the ball only seven times for 39, 38 yards, but he caught eight passes for 158 so this offense, I mean, this, this is a guy who ran for more than 200 last year against Kentucky. But when you talk about what happened against uh, LSU, those guys tried to man up with him. And he is an elite back. One of you guys, I think Aaron, you used that word. And now you see what happens if you don't keep him in front of you and tackle him the first chance you get, right? He'll kill you. He's the best back in the conference right now. Yeah. And uh, open field tackling was an issue with this defense the first two games. Oh, no question about it. Uh, And apparently, I didn't see any of that game, but evidently Arkansas did a terrific job. And the one thing you know about Arkansas, supposedly it had had some pretty good defense, and they did the job against Mississippi State. More to come, 630 WLAP. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.